Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day where you have shown the light of your Son, Jesus, in the midst of the darkness that goes on. We pray, Lord, that you remove distractions from our hearts and minds, that you would lead us in this time by your word and point us to Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. The setting of when we hear these verses is is actually a very interesting setting. You heard the very beginning, right, as uh, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. It's the end of a conversation. See, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in that moment, was laying out for him what it looks like for the Son of Man to come as Savior. See, Nicodemus had to walk a long, dark road to come see Jesus. In the midst of that setting, in the midst of that time, as you remember hearing last week with uh, the cleansing of the temple and the questions that were going on with the Pharisees and everything that was going on up until that time, here's Nicodemus, a Pharisee, walking along in the middle of the night as he had come to see Jesus. It probably wasn't real safe for him to come and see Jesus during the daytime when things are easily seen, but in the nighttime. In the nighttime, he can make his way down the streets, a little less obvious, in the midst of his doubt and his confusion, and come and have a conversation with Jesus. So as he has that conversation, he's, he's trying to figure out who this Lord is, who this Jesus is. He's seen the signs that he does, and he says, you must be a man from God because only someone with God near him could do the things you're doing. There was before the cleansing of the temple as John opens up with Jesus' ministry and his first miracle of the wedding at Cana, and he had changed water into wine. And after that, John writes, and the disciples believed. And they came into the courts as we, or the uh, temple courts as we read last week. And then John writes, and many saw what Jesus was doing and believed. But now again, we have Nicodemus under the cover of night, walking the long road of darkness. And it's very interesting to pay attention to the dark and the light in John's gospel. Anytime it's dark, there's usually confusion or misunderstanding. Or outright sin going on, depending on the scene and depending on the moment. But in this case, we kind of sit in the midst of that confusion with Nicodemus as he's pondering things. They're not quite clear. You know what walking in the dark is like. Things aren't quite clear. You walk through and if the lights have just gone out, it's really hard to see anything. But so is the nature of darkness. If you sit in it for long enough, your eyes adjust to it. You start to see things a little bit better than you did before, but you still can't quite see them in all their full detail, and you make more assumptions really than really true understanding. But see, as we walk along in our roads of darkness, sometimes they just become comfortable. And those roads look different. For each one of us. Sometimes it's a road of just sin. A darkness that Satan has led us down. A path that he has led us down. That we start to uh, think that maybe it's okay. And as he says, look, just keep your eyes focused on the darkness. Look away from the light. And uh, everything will look alright. You'll see the beauty in the midst of the darkness. Just sit in that for a little while. 
everything else will fade away and it'll just, you know, you'll be fine sitting right where you're at. Other paths of darkness are more emotional. And they're hard to navigate. We feel quite lonely, maybe even distant from just about everybody else. And when we look around, it's hard to see in the dark whether or not anybody else is really near us. And that even starts to spiral down. Feelings of depression, feelings of sadness. And and again, Satan kind of working through and saying, you know, if you sit in this long enough, it'll be fine. You'll get used to it. You can uh, just take it on the chin and, and you'll just be fine in the midst of this darkness as well. See, those roads of darkness are never enjoyable to walk. In fact, I don't even think Christ ever wanted us to walk them in the first place. It doesn't mean that we won't in this day and age. It doesn't mean that we won't in this uh, you know, setting of creation that we're in where things are corrupted by sin. We're going to have to walk many of those roads, but God doesn't leave us alone to walk them. I love John's words. You see, as, as he recounts Jesus telling Nicodemus that as the son of man, or as that Moses had to lift up the serpent in the mil- middle of the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. If you remember that account where Moses was out in the desert leading the Israelites through the wandering, through the darkness of the desert, and in the midst of their sin of complaining and revolting against God and saying, why, Moses, have you even brought us out in the middle of this wilderness? Have you brought us out to die? Things were so much better in slavery in Egypt. A bunch of serpents then came in, led by God. And God had sent them as a response to the sin of the people. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around that for a little bit, but it was a punishment that had come because of what the people had done. So as those serpents bit people, they came to Moses and they said, make them go away, pray on our behalf, send something else. We don't want any more of the serpents. And so God set up something that the people would have to look at. And I bet the last thing they wanted to look at was another serpent. But That's what it was. God said, Moses, make a bronze serpent, put it up on a pole, hang it up. And it's not just the fact that there was a serpent on a pole for them to look at, but it was a promise attached with that serpent. So as we hear the beginning of John's commentary or sermon almost on what everything Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, we hear the beautiful words of God so loved the world, right? That he sent his only son into it so that people would not perish, but that they would have eternal life. You know, when you walk down dark roads in life, the last thing you want to look at sometimes is what that dark road truly looks like, illuminated and shining in front of you with all of its cracks and brokenness, with all of its sin and failures, with all of its nastiness lit up for you to see every single detail. That's what Jesus looked like on the cross, though. On a dark Friday when the sun was nearly blotted out, but people could see every single detail of the wrath of God weighing upon somebody for their sin, that's hard to look at. That is difficult to look at when you see the fact that everything that you have done 
to break your relationship with God weighed upon one man as he hung upon a cross. That's a hard thing to look at. None of us want to look at that. We'd rather close our eyes and remain in the dark for a little while. But see, Jesus wasn't sent for our judgment. He was sent to carry the wrath of our judgment so that we would not perish. So that we would have life. So that we would have everything that God wanted for His creation to begin with when everything was created and in light. When everything was absolutely beautiful and perfect. Where there was no brokenness. When there was no darkness at all. But everything was there and perfect in God's presence. And so as Jesus had come, and as John writes about it, and he says, here is the light that has come into the world, and the judgment is this, not that the light had come, or not that Jesus had come for people's judgment, but the judgment was the fact that people just loved the darkness more than the light. That's where they wanted to remain. That's where they wanted to sit. They wanted to close their eyes and hold on to it. So it's not that Jesus' coming had brought them judgment, but they decided to sit within their own sin and darkness without ever paying attention to Jesus. But as you know as well, there's a funny thing about darkness. It can't overcome light at all. Take the darkest room in the darkest place that has ever been and you light one little match and that darkness is gone. Think of the darkest road you've ever walked. Whether in here or physically around somewhere. Think of those moments when the furthest you've ever felt from God, whether it was because something you've done or something you've left undone, because if it's something in thought, word, or deed, whatever it is, think of where that has been and think of that beautiful little word someone has ever spoke to you to say, you're forgiven. Let me speak Christ's light into your darkness. For any and all of those darknesses and sins, for any of all of those things that would separate you from God, you're forgiven. A beautiful little match light. And even brighter than that, in the midst of a dark place. And as God continues to work on your heart every single day, as He continues to hold on to you and the identity He's given you in your baptism, as He continues to hold on to you as His child, He takes your eyes and He takes them away from focusing upon the things in the dark and focuses them strictly upon Jesus. He says, look to the light of the world. Look to the light of the one who's come into the midst of the darkness. Look at the one who has come in, not to show you all of your sin and leave you there, but to show you your sin and the fact that he has taken it upon himself and buried it far away so that he has brought you forgiveness and life and light. And that is what is left in the light. The things that God would have for you. The blessings that he would bring to you. And the promises that he gives to you. In the same way that he had promised Moses that those who looked upon the serpent in the midst of the sin and serpents and everywhere else would have life and be healed, he also attached that same promise to Christ. And he said, look upon the brokenness of everything that is in your life that you see hanging there upon the cross and know that it's forgiven. And know that it's forgiven because God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son That whoever should believe on him would not perish, but have eternal life. 
and that's you. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the light and the life which you have given us in Christ. And it's solely through him that you bring us unto yourself when we pray, Lord, when we feel distant, when we feel far away, that you would send your word into the midst of that darkness, your light into the midst of that darkness, that we would see Jesus. We also pray you'd give us the courage to speak that same word when we see a loved one who feels far away or is distant. Whether they know of you or not, that you would give us the words to say that would speak Jesus into their lives. That they would see the light of your love in him. Guide us each day, Lord, by your spirit. That we would continually point to Jesus as a light of the world. In his name we pray. Amen. As we remember who our God is 